0: sweet, Alrighty. So today is Christmas as you all know Merry Christmas and it's today that many people think is about the gifts about Santa Claus about all these other things but truly about one person that's Jesus Christ who came and died for us with 33 perfect years and died that we might be saved and might go to heaven with him and his father and so today I'll be uh, preaching the message is the greatest gift ever given and my first point will be starting in 2 Thessalonians 3, and, uh, verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may free, free course and be glorified even as it, as it is with you. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful, faithful who shall establish you and keep you, keep you from evil. So my first point is the gift came to protect us. And so that word established is just the older way of saying established, which is to make a firm or a stable foundation. And, you know, a lot of people look to the world to protect us, look at the stuff in the world to protect us, look at all these things, whether it be drugs, whether it be alcohol, whether it be pornography. They always look to that stuff to protect us, to give us that safety, that feeling of safety, and the feel that we might be able to be safe. But the truth is that stuff will not protect you. And you know in this world as evil as it is today. With sin everywhere you look, Whether it be in the locker rooms. Whether it be at the schools. Whether it be just outside the walls of the church. Even in the church. You can see sin. This church. Any, any church. Even though it's the hospital for the broken. It's a hospital to Christians. There's still sin in a church. And you can still find sin in a church. And you know. We're never going to be perfect as long as we're really living in skin and in the flesh. We're never going to be a perfect person. And the Bible tells us to be like Jesus. It don't tell us to be Jesus because we can't be Jesus. We can't be perfect as long as we're in this body, as long as we're in this flesh. And, you know, even though you're being maybe made fun of, whether you're being told that your God is not real, he's real and he protects you. And he sent his son to live 33 perfect years and to... Be crucified for six hours, and endure that—it's a six-hour death—and that was one of, them, at the time, it was one of the most painful deaths you could bear. And he bore that for six long hours, just for us. And he thought—he saw through time and eternity, and saw each one of our faces. And he didn't think of the pain. He thought that he was coming to save us. That's all he was thinking about. That's all he had on his mind was us and everyone that has lived, everyone that will live, all the babies that are being born at this minute right now. He's thinking of those babies just as much as he thinks of us. He loves those babies just as much as he loves a uh, crackhead on the street, just as much as he loves a drunk out in the world, because he loves everyone equally, whether they're a sinful person, whether they've killed people, or whether they've done maybe a lot, like a little kid, for say, like a ten-year-old that they know what they've come to the age of accountability, but. You know, they know that lying's wrong. They know, and all they've done is lie. Well, Jesus loves them. and will protect them just as much as he protects people out in the world. And everyone comes to a point where, you know, you can be saved once you hit that age of accountability. I believe that babies, like such as aborted babies, will be in heaven. Because once you reach that, before you reach that age of accountability, you don't really know what's wrong. It's like, I don't think a baby will go to hell just for... You know, maybe he hit, hit an animal, hit you, bit you. I'm sure a lot of parents have felt that. Like, baby's he's biting you. They ain't going to go to hell just because they bit you. just Because cause they don't know that's wrong. Once you reach that age of Cambodia, they know it's wrong. And he loves everyone equally. And he protects all of us equally. And whenever you know, you're being attacked from this side and that side and from behind you and from above you... Just keep on that straight and narrow way and know that there's someone that loves you and that's protecting you, whether you feel unloved, whether you feel like there's no one that cares about you, whether you're ready to throw in the towel and be done and just say, I'm done. And be like Elijah, he showed he called fire down from heaven, and he still ran in the wilderness and wanted to commit suicide. Whenever you're feeling that way, know that there's someone that loves you, that protects you. And today's the day to celebrate him. And his name's Jesus, and he was sent by his Father God from heaven down to live 33 years just to die for me and just to die for you just die for everyone that's not here today whether they go to this church or not he died for each and every one of us he protects us and you know something i like hearing you know a lot of people think that the lord won't put more on us than we can bear but the truth is he'll put more on you than you can bear but he'll never put more on you than, than what he can bear and you know you'll never be thrown away you'll never be whether you feel like god's right next to you or whether you feel like he's a thousand miles away he's always over you he'll never let you know he'll never just leave you he'll never forsake you he's always there he's closer than a brother he's closer than a father a mother he's your closest person to you even though you can't see him whether either, even though he's not visible to the human eye he loves you and he's there protecting you every step of your journey until from the day you're born to the day you die he's with you through that whole time whether you feel it or not and so my second point is not only will the, the gift came to protect us, but the gift also came to guide us. And we will be in, this will be in Psalm 32, Psalm 32 and verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. Be not be not as a horse, as the horse or as the mule which hath no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and brittle lest they come near unto thee. And my first point, the gift came to not only protect us, but the gift also came to guide us. You know, in this world there's a lot of journeys that you go on. And you know, a lot of people want to look forward to the what their overall goal is, what they want to get in the end, but a lot of your blessings you'll find in that journey. If you just focus on that journey, you stay on that journey that God's provided for you. And they sent son to be able to watch over you as you go on that journey and protect you on that journey. You'll find that a lot of your blessings come out of the journey and not out of the thing you get out of it. Or out of the goal of that journey. It's not always about your what you get. It's, it's more about that journey on the way to what you get. So... You know, a lot of people want to focus on that end result, but the truth is, a lot of your blessings and a lot of what you get from that is during that journey. And if you focus on that journey more than you focus on the end, that end result, whatever you get as a, as a result of that journey will be a lot sweeter and a lot better than if you hadn't, you know, really focused on it. And, you know, whether it be a job and for, like, kids, whether it be what decision you make in school or after you graduate, what decision you make for that next job or your college you're going to, you know, there's two places you'll find that. That's not only the word but in prayer. God will give you the answer, you know, whether it takes a year to find that answer or years to find that answer whether it takes, you know, a day to find that answer. He'll give you that answer in His time because His time sometimes we don't think it is but His timing for everything He's given us and He will give us is a lot better than our timing. Whether we think we need it now or we need it later, He'll give it to you whenever it's His timing because His timing is a lot better, and in the end, you always find that his timing is always a lot better and ends out a lot better than if it had been on your timing. And, you know, whether it be getting a spouse in marriage, whether it be a job or a house or where you live or what school you go to, what college you go to, you uh, need God to guide you there. You don't, a lot of people want to go on their own understanding of that college or what they know about that person. But God, I believe, has somewhere for you to go, has a person for you to marry, has a person for you to date, has a school for you to go to, has a place where He, it's in His will for you to go and live. And, you know, a lot of people think it's their choice, but in the end, it's your choice. But I'd rather have God's will be done than my will be done, because His will is a lot better, a lot sweeter than my will. And His will is going to take me a lot further, make me a lot happier than if I choose where I'm going. Whether it be in marriage, whether it be in where you live. Where God wants you is always going to be better for you than where you want to be. Whether you think it is or not And the now. You'll see if you follow His will, you'll see in the future that it ended up a lot better for you than if you'd went that other direction. There's always two places you go. It's either God's way or your way. And a lot of people want to follow their way whenever God's way it will lead them to a lot more. And, you know, a lot of people want to focus, what that promotion, what that next step. But the truth is, God opens doors that no man can shut. And God shuts doors no man can open. And if it's not in His will for you to get it, then you might still get it. But I'd be focused on what He wants you to do instead of what you want to do. What He wants you to get instead of what you want to get. Whether you think it's going to end out better for you, or you think it's going to end out worse for you you know, pray and read the Bible, all your answers you'll find is in this GPS, not the world's GPS. Everything you find will be in prayer and talking to the Heavenly Father instead of listening to what your heart wants to do. Your heart's not always right. I've had a hard time understanding that (laughs) because some some of my decisions, you know, is what I want to do. I found out that, you know, in the end they weren't as good as if I, you know, listened to God and what He wanted me to do. And... You know, a lot of people, they, you know, they just want to choose what they want to do or what the world tells them to do. You know, sometimes your friends ain't the best people to listen to. You know, sometimes your friends ain't who you need to be listening to. And a lot of times, younger kids especially, even adults, want to listen to their friend on what they should do. Because whether the money is better or whether they're in a better position in life. You know, everything in life, I believe that family and time is a lot more important than money and, you know, a lot of people put money and what they want to do and that their path instead of God's path in their family and what's best for, you know, not only what God wants you to do, but, you know, your family. And you need that family time to be able to grow in Christ. And, you know, all parents don't maybe read the Bible to their kids or they don't, you know, put as much concentration on their kids. But parents need to start, you know, put more pressure on their kids to read the Bible and put more pressure on them to be in church than put pressure on them to be a better athlete and do better in school. And school and being an athlete, doing all this extracurricular stuff, and school is very important. But in the end, school is not going to get you to heaven. Your job is not going to get you to heaven. The people around you, my great-grandpa is a preacher and been preaching for 64 years and he ain't going to get me to heaven. It's my relationship with Christ and the fact that I'm born again Christian and child of God and, you know, we're running out of time because God, God, after Jesus died on the cross, that was, He finished what He came here to do, but He's always, He's coming back someday. And I don't know, it could be in the next five minutes, He could come back right as soon as we walk out the door. There, he don't have a time, not even that, it says in the Bible, not even the angels know. Not even Jesus knows whenever He's coming back. Only the Father, and, you know, Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father And one day, God's going to, I don't know if he taps him. I don't know, you know, a lot of churches separate because they think he's going to come back on a white horse. He might come back on a white mule. Like, he might come back on a, who knows what he's going to, you know, a lot of people in church is split because of that. But the truth is, he's coming back, whether it's in a Cadillac or on a horse. It does not matter. He's coming back someday. And I believe that we're running out of time because, you know, it says that in the end, it's going to be in the days of Noah. And if you look around, it's getting that way. Because his days were marked by, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of pornography and a lot of sin, a lot of drugs. And if you look around, that's how today is. A lot of lustfulness, and especially teenage teenagers especially, a lot of lustfulness. And, you know, that's why it's really important to, in today's age to focus on God's path and to stay bound to God as close as you can, because... Eventually, this world's going to, you know, it's going to burn up. And there's not going to be no, you know, there's not going to be no earth. There's not going to be friends that are going to be at the judgment seat with you that's going to be able to look and say, well, God, He was a good person. He's my best friend. You know, your friends are not going to get you to heaven. Your parents are not going to get you to heaven. What's going to get you to heaven is that personal relationship with Christ and going in His will, not yours. And your good works, when I get to heaven, I believe whenever we get to the judgment seat, there's going to be a lot of people that's, you know, well, God, I was a, even preachers, I was a preacher. I followed your path. I did this thing, that thing. I was a good steward. I was nice to people. I gave out money and donated money. But in the end, that stuff's not going to get you to heaven. And those people are going to hear the words, depart from me, for I never knew you, either work iniquity, if they were not saved. What's going to get you to heaven is being saved and being born again and so not only will did the gift come to protect us and guide us but the gift also came to save us and so we look over to look over to John 14 verses 1 through 6 let not your heart be troubled do ye believe in God believe also in me in my father's house and many mansions if it were not so I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, you, whether I go, ye you know, and the way, ye you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the The life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's one way to heaven, that's Christ and having a personal relationship to him. In the end, that's Jesus' whole mission on earth. It wasn't to be perfect. It wasn't, you know, even though he was perfect, that wasn't his mission to say. It wasn't to save a group, certain group of people. It was his mission to come to love people and to die on that cross after living 33 years, suffer for six hours, and one of the most painful, painful deaths that at the time was imaginable. And then rise again three days later. The end goal of that was to come save us. And you know he said it is finished. And then he gave up the ghost as the Bible says. And that was him saying my job's here is done. Until I come back someday. My job on this earth right now is done. And I've done what needed to be done. And three days later he rose again. And you know your friends aren't going to get you to heaven. No one in this world is going to get you to heaven no one you know is going to get you to heaven the only person that's going to get you to heaven is that is jesus christ and that personal relationship you have with him and it doesn't matter who you know it doesn't matter what you know in the end the only thing that's going to get you to heaven your parents can't get you to heaven they can protect you all they want here on earth but whenever it comes to judgment they can't protect you they can't have you under their wing at that point they can't say well my son or daughter did this or that It's Jesus either going to see your name in the book of life or he's not. And if he doesn't, you're going to hear the words, depart from me for I never knew you, ye that work iniquity. And those are the, other than I believe lost, that's probably the worst word, most scary word in the dictionary. And maybe not the meaning that you're lost from something, but the meaning that your soul is lost and that you will not get to heaven in the state you're in right now. Other than that, I believe the scariest words are those words, depart from me, for I never knew you, ye that work iniquity. Because at that point, you have no second chances. You have no other way to get to heaven. And at that point, you're going to be thrown into the lake of fire for eternity. And, you know, that's why I came to share today. And today's a great day for gifts and Santa. But Let's not forget the true meaning of Christmas. Let's celebrate Christ and his life here on earth just so that we might be saved. Us that are, you know... We're not perfect, but he still died for us. He didn't die for a certain group. He died for everybody. And whether you've been a great person in your life or whether you've been a bad person, no one is perfect. And you don't have to hide your imperfections because Jesus knows your imperfections. And he'll forgive you. And, you know, the only way you get to heaven is that personal relationship. And you can have that today for here, You may be lost. You might not know if you're going to go to heaven. You might think you got saved, but thinking is not going to get you to heaven. And an emotional experience, just because you cried don't mean you're going to heaven. It's actually trusting fully in your heart that you were saved. And knowing that you were saved. And your black heart got washed as white as snow by Jesus Christ. And that's all I've got. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Justin.
1: Than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, Isaiah. Please give them one. It's a big day to get to, to get up in front. I'm grateful for your faithfulness and grateful for you being willing to serve us in that way. I want to lead us now, if you can open up your Bibles one more time, and uh, on a special time of prayer before the choir comes up, before we. Sing, and before we close, um, if you can turn to Numbers chapter six, or if you want to go to number seven, right at the very end of Numbers chapter six, is <coughs> a piece of scripture that was brought to my attention by a song that's come out recently. Um, I think it's so important for us to spend a portion of our day, a portion of this time that we got it together in some very intentional prayer because we are coming to the end, to the close of this year and to all the things, all the struggles, uh, that, that have, all the victories, everything that's come in this past year, um, the loss that we've suffered as a church family, um, the joy of all these sweet, precious little babies that are in this crowd that we've gained. Um, there's been so much. There's so much give and take, so much ebb and flow, and God, God has just continued to bless us. He's blessed us financially as a church as we've been able to pay off our debt. Um, he's blessed us as a people within the church. I've seen so many of you grow in your faith, grow in your knowledge of God's word, grow in your faithfulness to following it from the... I've seen so many of you serve and witness and, and survive all the things that life has thrown at you over the past year, over the past few months. And throughout all of that, throughout all of our ups and downs, throughout all the things that we have uh, weathered, whether it's my long sermons or your health issues or all the various things, like God has blessed us over and over and over again. Amen. And so if we look here... In Numbers chapter 6, right at the end of the passage, this comes very shortly after God instructed Moses on how to have somebody consecrate themselves, to set themselves apart, to become holy. They were to give up abstaining from certain things, even from cutting their hair, doing doing all these things, going through this long process of just setting themselves apart to be holy in the eyes of God, to serve with this Nazarite vow. And then here he comes before all the people and he says this. The Lord spoke to Moses, commanded from God, from the mouth of the Father. He said, tell Aaron and his sons, listen, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. This is how you are to bless my people. You should say to them, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you. literally show it to you. And may he be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you or put his favor upon you and give you peace. In this way, they will pronounce my name over the Israelites. They will pronounce the name of God over his people. And I, meaning God the Father, I will bless them. And so God gives the priests, gives uh, these leaders amongst God's people the ability to, from God, directly pass a blessing onto them. And blessing, asking for these things, that God would bless you. That he would do so by protecting you, as our young servant just said. That he would make his face shine on you. That he would show you his power. That he would show you his grace and his goodness and his mercy. Just like we're standing on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter and the others. like That we would see God's face. That he would be gracious to you. That he would bear with us. That he would... Hold up with us, that he would suffer us, however you want to look at it, but not just suffer us, not just deal with us, but that he would do so out of the joy and the desire of God's heart, that he loves us so much, that despite whatever we put against him in our sin, he no longer holds it against us. He no longer remembers that each and every day our mercies and our grace is made anew, and we are washed white as snow. And he says, may the Lord look with favor upon you. So not just that, he will bear with us, Not that he will bless us, not that he will just protect us, but that he will put favor upon us, that he will empower us, that he will make this life that we are enduring, make this life that we are going through something that is fruitful and that is fun and that is fulfilled. And that he would, with all the ebbs and flows of life, with all the ups and downs, with all the things that we go through, that he would give us peace. And if we pray this, if you pronounce my name over the Israelites, if you pronounce my name over my people, I, God, will bless them. And I will bless them in these ways. And so today we're going to take this time to pray, and and this is one of the things we're going to pray for. And so with all the families hurting, with the loss of Sharon, with the loss of your son, Kyle, everyone, even you and your sister, we lost earlier this year. There's so much hurt in our church. Yes, from those things, but just from the sin in which we endure in our lives. Just from the anxiety and the depression and the hurt and just the struggle of every day. And so we're going to pray that God will bless us and keep us through that. We're going to pray that God would bless us and empower us for this next year as we move forward seeking his will as our guide. That we would be His church, that we would be His people, His hands and His feet. And so, with that said, let us let us pray together for these things. Father God, we're so grateful. Um, God, just grateful that it seems so cliche and so minuscule to point out the small things, God. Like the fact that we were able to wake up this morning, the fact that I could walk in here today, the fact that I had clothes on my back, I could give my children presents, I can feed my family. God, let us not take any of these things for granted. That we have homes, whether we own them or rent them. God, whether the fact that we have vehicles, whether they're paid off or still being paid for. God, that we can drive, that we can work, that we have jobs, God, all of these things you have given to us. Because God, each and every day is a gift. Each and every day you give us so many minutes, God. In each and every life you give us so many heartbeats, God. And when that time is up, that time is up. So God, thank you for allowing us To during that time, during these days, during these lives, be able to experience and know you. God, be able to help and support one another. God, to be with one another, to bring smiles and joy and blessings to one another. God, is out of the overflow of our hearts that come from you that we can have compassion, that we can have love, God, these fruits of the Spirit, that we can be kind, that we can have joy, that we can be content, and God, because of your Son, we can have hope. All of it, our breaths, our heartbeats, these moments, these gifts, these fruits, they all start with you. Let us not take that for granted. Let us not ignore that. Let us not ignore you. God, you are In every aspect, in every moment of our lives. And yet we push you off to the sky. We push you off to one or two hours a week. God, restore in us a vision and a knowledge of you. God, show your face to us. Let it shine upon us. God, I pray pray for your blessing upon this church, upon these people, and upon their families, God. I pray for you to bless them, God. And I pray for you to protect them. God, I pray for you to show us your face. Let let you be so known to us that we cannot turn away, that we cannot look away or ignore you in our lives anymore, God. Be gracious with us, Father. Be gracious with us, God. Thank you that there is now no longer condemnation because of what Jesus Christ has done, because of who he is, because we have believed in our hearts and confessed with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, and therefore we have been saved. So, Father God, thank you for your graciousness in sending your son. Thank you for your graciousness in sending a high priest who lived as one of us, who came in the form of a babe, God, through a young man to the man that he became before he died on the cross for us. God, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for your humility and your servitude here on this earth. Please, Jesus, help us to become more like you. So God, please shine your favor upon us. God, bless us. Shine your favor on us. Help heal the wounds that we have endured. Help strengthen the bones that you have broken. God, make us whole. Make us strong and put us to work. God, meet our needs whether they are spiritual or emotional or physical. God, I pray that you would meet our needs. And Father, please give us peace. Peace, like Paul says, that surpasses all understanding, God. Peace that cannot be explained. Peace cannot, that cannot be garnered from anything on this earth, any counseling, any pill, anything, God. Bring us the peace that can only come from you. And make us whole. God, we ask this as we pronounce your name in the name of Jesus Christ, whose name is now above every other name, as we pronounce that over these people, over our church, over our families. God, when we see here in your word, you promise you will bless us. God, if we ask for things in your will, Jesus told us that he would answer them. And God, this is your will. So let it be done as it always has been. God, we want to pray for the lost and the hurting outside of these walls, outside of our families, inside this community that we live in each and every day. God, our town has grown and it is thriving. And there are close to 160 new people moving into the county every single month. God, help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to see this mission field around us. Help us to see the hurting and the lost who are tucked away in these hollows and in these back roads. God, the ones who still walk to get their water every day, the ones whose children go hungry. God, help us to feed them both physically and spiritually, God. Anoint us, set us apart, and put us to the task that you have before us, God. You have kept and sustained us as a church and us as a people here for, since 1886, God. That is for a reason. And that is for your will to be done. So let us humble ourselves. Let us seek your face. And let us be your people, God, whatever that means. So God, thank you again for the blessings today. Thank you again for your love. Thank you for all that you have shown us and the hope that we have for tomorrow. All of this made possible by your son, Jesus Christ. All of this pray for and pronounced over us and empowered by his name and in your will. Amen.